Welcome to Slacker Motor Radio with Brad and Addison. Based out of the Pacific Northwest, we're talking motorcycles and the motorcycle community, and we're excited to have this hour with you. Here we go. How you doing today? I'm doing great, man. It's Monday, kind of the case of the Mondays, a little busy, but uh, it's been actually really good. Uh, nice day outside, a little windy. Yes. Can't complain. It's northwest. We're not having to deal with this cold weather that's coming through in the mid yeah. middle of the U.S. I mean, that sounds crazy. What, wind chill, negative 50 or something? I don't know. Oh, it's crazy. It I didn't hear like, that. Yeah. Yeah. So sorry, all of you. Yeah. I yeah. guess that's fair. Anybody that's dealing with that. But we're doing really good out here. Just complaining anyway. about wind that just sucks. It's not even cold. Yeah, it's not too bad. Yeah. Rode, drove the truck in today. Tend to do that on Mondays. and It took a while to warm up, but that's unrelated to motorcycles, so we won't get too deep on that. At least the fence wasn't leaning up against it. Nope. Neighbor finally did that. Yeah, finally okay. fixed it Good. and rebuilt the whole thing immediately after fixing it. With so, nails. Yeah. <laughs> whatever. It's their, their fence. They paid for it. They can do whatever they want. I won't care as long as I didn't have to do it. Is most for. of it still standing? Yeah, there's three or four boards that just slide. the bottom nail came out. So when the wind blows, it teeters and slaps like a cartoon, right? Like somebody running through the bottom or something. Oh, but good. Whatever. It good. doesn't matter. Oh well. All I know is between the motorcycles and the truck, I piss them off all the time. So I'm not going to complain about something like that. Yeah. They yeah. don't complain about my vehicles. I won't complain about their fence. Uh, as far as you know, at least. Oh, I'm sure they complain at home. Yeah, yeah. To each other. Yes, I would if I were them. So I can't. Again, they don't whine to me. I've already said sorry to them, and they've said, no, it's no big deal. I'm going to take them at their word. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so how about yourself, Addison? What have you, you been up to? Oh, I'm good. I had a great weekend. Yeah? Uh, you know, I guess la- end of last week didn't do too much. It is Monday, so tired, but that's a normal Monday thing. Mm-hmm. So it's fun to do this on Mondays because yeah. yeah. we'll wake up and chat about not work stuff. I guess that is nothing new. Yeah. Mondays. Anyway. That's nice. <laughs> um, but no, I ended up uh, working a little bit on the bike. Got my truing stand. Oh, really? The, uh, the wheels set up. Got, Got the up. wheels nice. all polished, planed, sealed, ready to go. So I put the front wheel on. It is definitely out of true. So today I put in the Good. order for the tires, the chain, and the uh, spoke wrench, the simplest tool. Oh, you didn't have the spoke wrench yet? I didn't have one yet. So yeah. It's like a $5 part, but... I figured you'd throw that in an order with tires, and that was enough to put it over where I got $5 free Zilla cash at RevZilla. Yeah. So, not a sponsor, but feel free to be. They, uh, <laughs> <laughs> they uh, you know, for if you spend 100 bucks, you get 5 bucks. So, sure. threw in the wrench, and it put me over that limit. So, uh, yeah, everything's ready to basically, I've got all the parts I need to get the tires and wheels done. i got yeah. tubes, band straps, I have everything um, yeah. for the wheels. So... So what, what, what did you end up choosing for the tread? Uh, there's not a lot of options for the 15-inch JT1s, so it's a uh, Shinko like, T41 okay. series, I think. It's basically a trials tire, just yeah. a bunch of small small knobs all throughout. What came off of it when you... A similar tire, part, very really? similar tire. Uh, one of them was a Chinese something or other, a little more knobby. It was a cool tire, but when I looked at the quality of what you can get basically only on eBay... I wasn't really willing to cheap out that much on some off-brand Chinese tire, so yeah. I went with the Shinko. Okay. I think it's the best low-cost option. I could have gone with some IRCs and some a little more expensive pro-grade racing tires on a 50cc, or sorry, yeah, I think it's a 70cc, uh, you know, little bike, mini bike. Uh, it's just not worth 
spending money on professional tires. Right. It's not, you know, I'll, I'll ride it when I've got it in my possession a couple times a year at most. And it might just get sold. And as a showpiece, I have a handful of people that already asked if they can have it and put it in their living room. So mm-hmm. we'll see what happens. I'm not, I'm not too concerned. But I've got all the parts I need to get it all built ready for the tires and wheels. And that really motivates for the rest of the work. The engine's cleaned up. Let's kind of get the, paint, the frame painted and move on. So... That bike's, uh, yeah, the process is moving. I think by the end of spring, it should be done and ready to show. So do you anticipate having that Slacker Moto branded of, a, of any sort? A little bit. I, I anticipate making a handful of parts. Uh, there's a few parts that have been hard to find and or I would like to replace them with better parts. Sure. I've got a couple plugs I've custom uh, machined and, and things like that just because the plastic parts that Yamaha used were cheap <laughs> sure even the replacement you know i can get new old stock for it but it's still cheap uh so i've bettered a handful of parts but it'll basically only be branded in, in by paint scheme and and uh, customization alone i'm not going to go factory re, uh, you know full full refurb mm-hmm. full uh rebuild i'm gonna i'm gonna kind of do my own thing with it so nice. it'll, it'll have my signature and what i want it to be but it won't be necessarily a you know, a, a, bar, a bike I'm going to run around and use as a billboard for too long. Mm-hmm. I can't wait to see it, man. It, but it's going to be awesome. Man. Uh, You're making good progress. I'm at the point that, yeah, everything that needed to be cleaned is cleaned, and now sure. it's at the rebuild portion. Okay. Which is, it feels good. I'm excited for it now. Yes. I'm done with the annoying spend days cleaning parts to try to restore them. Um, I'm back at the, okay, they're cleaned and polished, ready to go. So. so have you found anything else to throw into your molasses? Yeah, I've been throwing So everything came up. <laughs> I don't know how much we've talked about this on the air, but it has worked so well. Yeah. The stupid molasses trick has been great. So, yeah, I put the tire, the rims in. They came out great, polished them up. Sure. You know, obviously, the spots in the inner rim that were pretty pitted had to be sealed. Mm-hmm. Wasn't It was through the chrome. Um, but the chrome outer rim, you know, what you can see from outside the tire, great polished. had no rust. Re, you know, no, no rust came back, so I was able to polish it. I will... Uh, go through and seal it you know wax it and clean it up nice so it's very sealed mm-hmm. uh, but otherwise it's you know looks great so i threw the handlebars in because they had a little bit of surface rust on the chrome bars yeah eight days later they came off and it, i literally just wrapped it wiped them with a rag and they looked like brand new bars wow. I, was, I was gonna buy new bars for that bike because bars aren't that expensive but they came out polished chrome yeah and i was yeah. totally so then i threw uh Oh, what else did I throw in? I threw a bunch of other parts in. I just started throwing bags, and Ziploc bags, and I put them in and tape them to the side of the the bin, mm-hmm. so that I could didn't lose them in the vat. Sure. But uh, yeah, everything's just coming out bolts, whatever. I've cleaned up every part that was chromed or finished on that bike. I have thrown into that aluminum parts get a little bit of that surface rust off. They come off like clean, new, brushed aluminum. It's great. Really, I've been really impressed. That's awesome, man. So it's getting a little moldy. The molasses is, is a weird mix because it's a chemical. It's not a chemical, so it allows mold and crap to grow in it. Yeah. So I think after I'm done with the JT1, I'll dump it. Really? So and a lot then, of people just save it in the backyard. Do they yeah. just leave the mold and not care? Apparently, I don't know. It's getting gross and stinking of mold. So it'll be done <laughs> after the, the JT one's built. This will go out, and then if I I've got half a vat of molasses still, you know, two and a half gallons or whatever's left in the garage. So if I need to do it again, I got plenty to go. But sure. For this purpose, it's it, it served its purpose. I got my three dollars out of it. 
You're not going to be that guy that says, oh, I've had this bad of molasses for 30 years. I've scooped off, you know, I've kind of stra- used a strainer and scooped off the mold off the top and tried to keep it somewhat clean, but yeah. the whole tub is starting, it's, it's starting this to this is living nasty. in your garage. Yeah. It's yeah. Garage. Okay, good. Yeah. It's got a lid. I mean, it doesn't stink until I take the lid off and then there's this nice aroma of nasty you know, it's like food mold. It's not like it's you know black mold or anything wood yeah, mold, but yeah. it's, it's not uh, not the most appealing thing. It won't. It's cheap enough that I'm not willing to just sit on it. <laughs> I'll throw it out and start over if I need more. Yeah, sure, sure. Not worth uh, sitting on. But uh, yeah, worked great. Got all that done. Um, had a chance to go to the auto show. Oh yes. Which How did that go? Was good. Brought the kids. It's always fun to bring the kids to the auto show. They love getting in and out of cars, pretending to drive them. All that. Um, but yeah, this year the motorcycle representation was good. Yeah, I was surprised. I wanted to go and I didn't get to make it. And you immediately pulled out some photos this morning and I was pretty surprised. I gotta admit. They, uh, the dealership showed up. They brought, uh, you know, what they wanted to sell. A couple of local dealers, Beaverton Motorcycle was there, the local Aprilia dealer, uh, they had Latest Triumph and uh, Harley Davidson, Paradise Harley, that also sells Royal Enfields. Mm, okay. I'll get into more specifics of what they brought, but uh, the other one that was well represented was uh, Pro Caliber up in Vancouver. Had, no Ducati. Though. Had a few things, uh, and then there was the Ducati dealer. Really? Uh, no, I don't think there was any Ducatis. No, I was surprised because one of the but things of that we brought up there. multiple times is what dealers are doing to try to help them yeah. sell more bikes. And this sounds like a great opportunity with less many people running around looking at things that are awesome to see bikes. So sounds like a win. Was there quite a few people hanging out at their booths? So there was a lot. Uh, it was pretty well crowded through the bikes. You couldn't, I mean, you had to wait for a clean picture. You had to wait for people to stop oogling to throw a leg over. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Beamer side was a little, there was definitely a specific group. Every, those that have bought <laughs> or wanted BMWs were on okay. that side. And what not was a lot specific? of excitement from outside of the BMW group. Yeah, so there was three rooms. One room had both Harley dealers in the same room, which was an adventure in and of itself. Sure, uh, it wasn't you know any palpable rivalry or anything in the room, but you could tell that there were two Harley dealers that brought similar bikes and were sharing a room together. Mm-hmm. You know, it was it was interesting just because of you didn't know where one started and the other stopped and the people that were working the show for each dealership also hung very closely to their corners without really intermixing in the middle. Yeah, it sounds like a great opportunity to start negotiating. It was weird. In the same room yeah. to buy a motorcycle. Yeah. I was yeah. just over there and they said 13.5. That's basically what it felt like. Yeah. Um, <laughs> thankfully, you know, each had their, so each had their Harley dealership was their mainstay and then you had sure. your Royal Enfield from Paradise and you had your Triumph from Latest. So, so it was a nice mix. If you wanted Harley. something that wasn't Harley, both, each of them had their specific niche. Right. But, for Harley, it was it was interesting. Um, there was a fair amount of excitement in that room. Uh, they brought some of the nice new Harleys. Um, they had kind of your generic, actually the Bobber from Triumph, which isn't new, a couple okay. years old now, had a lot of people waiting to throw a leg over. Really? It is a very rider, new rider friendly bike. It's low seat height. Uh, you know, it's got that classic look that Triumph owns. I mean, Triumph's killing it for the modern classics. Uh, it was interesting, the number yeah. of people that had never ridden clearly in their conversation that wanted to throw a leg over the bobber. 
Now, is this something you think so that's a trend? Trust. I mean, similar to the scrambler trend. Now, I've seen a lot of manufacturers, Indian and others, that are producing OEM bobbers as a just go out. This is the list price you can purchase it. You don't even have to model. Yeah. We have it. I think there's a market for it. Um, you know, Triumph's got that. Being in the Northwest, right? It's kind of a hipster centric market. Sure. I think Triumph, you know, that, that hipster group likes the modern classics. So Triumph's got a pretty good hold on the Portland market. I think that's why it was busy with regards to the Triumph that was there. Mm-hmm. It was interesting because they had the Tiger 800 and the Tiger 1200 in the corner. I wanted to look at the 1200 because it's all new and, and changed. And the 800 is too. It just doesn't feel as new as it actually is. Mm-hmm. Um, the 1200 does feel fairly new. But there was no one. I mean, I walked right up to it. And the whole time I was looking at it, putting a leg over it, there was no one else that came near it. All right. So Did they even have the Scrambler? No. No Scramblers. No 1200. I was hoping they'd have the 1200. They yeah. told me it was coming in April. So I don't think anybody's got one yet other than Triumph running around with a promotional bike. So okay. if you go to like the International Motorcycle Shows, which don't come to the Northwest, I think they've probably got one there. Right. But with regards to our little auto show, nothing. Uh, I was... Hoping we would have one because I do, as mentioned before, do like that bike. Mm-hmm. I would love to throw a leg over and feel what it's like to be on it. But uh, which is interesting. So the, the Harley room had a fair amount of excitement. The BMW room had a very clear demographic of BMW riders. Okay. And family members of BMW riders. Didn't seem like a lot of new blood was walking around. Not a lot of kids in the BMW room. Uh, it was interesting. So were they mostly focused on the adventure side? Or did no, you see them? It was a pretty good mix. And there was Ducati in that room, now that I think about it. In the corner, there was a Monster. There was a Multistrada. Yeah, I just didn't go, go over there. But in the <laughs> far corner, yeah. But, of course, I had a corner in that BMW room. It was BMW and Ducati. Okay. Um, I looked at the new BMWs as the new uh, 850 GS. Yeah. Uh, I kind of looked at a couple of those, and it was cool enough. Now, um, did the kiddos get on any of those bikes? I know you didn't mention this on the air, but... You told me this morning that they were actually able to get on some of the Harleys. Were they able to? Did you even go and try to get on some of the BMWs? I didn't, I'm not a BMW guy. I yeah. didn't spend much time in that room. Yeah. I, I tried out the 810 or 850 just because it's new. I thought I'd throw my leg over What'd it and think? see what it felt like. Yeah, felt like your average adventure bike. Okay. Uh, I didn't. I don't know. It didn't You're not blow a big adventure ba- bike fan, but the, the price tag on the BMWs is. Shies me away pretty quick. But was it comfortable? What, was what comfortable kind of features right? did it have? Was it anything? It had a nice a display. I mean, you couldn't turn it on and play with any of the features specifically. Like two and a half inch? What, what size was the display? Yeah, probably three inch. I don't know if I don't, I'd hate to just make up a number. It was a good size. I know what, we don't have the specs. TFT so display. Curious. It was definitely a multicolored. Okay. It, it was the newer display that BMW is using. It was, you know, that was their most new option midsize bike. So. Okay. It was well optioned, I'm sure. Nice. Um, it was nice enough. I, for the same reason, I wouldn't buy a Tiger 800. It's just not a lot of bike for a lot of money. Whether Depending it's on what you're looking used. for. I mean, if you if you're looking for that midsize adventure bike and you're going to go hit the trails, then it's the perfect bike, I'm sure. Just like the yeah. Tiger 800. Yeah, if you're actually going to hit the trails. Yes. Yeah. Because, okay. you know, the 1200s are a little big yeah. for that. Yeah. Um, so, you know, that's what you want. It's kind of that midsize adventure. So. Sure. That's just not what I'm doing at this point. I mean, it was on my list of potentials, you know, to get on the Tiger or something of that size for an adventure bike. If I were looking for that bike, I would have kept the the BMW in the the running. I would have looked at it a little little more. Um, I wasn't overly 
excited about it and going it, through it is a penny it is going through penny. the ducati you know the scrambler in the corner i just it, it's the same scrambler they've been putting out for three years mm-hmm. four years now i i didn't have any need i almost threw my leg over the monster just because they're awesome but there was enough people hanging out by the monster that didn't have a lot you know a ton of reason to throw over the diavol or the monster those were all popular sure um but it was interesting. Um, okay. And then the other room had a lot of the... Well, it had the Aprilia and Moto Guzzi in one corner. Uh, and then it had the rest of ProCal in the middle and all of Beaverton Motorcycle on one side. Um, and it was a pretty good mix there. They, they all... I guess... ProCaliber showed up with just some common bikes. Uh, but one big win from them was they had a couple of Indians. Okay. And they had the FTR 1200. So that was cool to see live and in person. Oh, really? Uh, we missed that that uh, kind of display day they were doing a couple months back. Yeah. We were going to go, but didn't get a chance. Um, so it was cool to see it there, throw a leg over it, sit on it. Uh, it's a nice bike, really good fit and finish. The tube frame looks awesome. I got to okay. say that it, yeah. it's pretty cool looking. Uh, from the top, I mean, it's got that Indian kind of teardrop tank that you can clearly tell from sitting on the seat. So it gives you kind of a cool feel. It has a very modern dash doesn't give you that vintage feel that maybe you're hoping for on a flat tracker. Yeah, never But it's a very modern dash. It has that TFT dash. Uh, it felt very, very natural position. Uh, you could probably cruise all day on it. The seat was pretty comfortable. Mm-hmm. Definitely the fit and finish was there. It's a, it's a very nice bike. I don't know if it's worth the price tag they're asking because there are for a lot you of at least, right? other yeah. nice bikes in that yeah. in that size and power range. They're two to three thousand dollars less. So. So did you Some come away more, more impressed than what you in, you were originally um, perceiving that bike? Because I know that it's kind of been mixed feelings when we've talked about it. We both kind of had our times where we were excited or a little bit, maybe not disappointed, but like you said, there's a lot of bikes in that price range. Did you walk away more impressed than you expected? I don't know that I did. I walked away pretty neutrally from the 1200. Really? Um, I thought it looked... Better than I thought in pictures. It definitely in person is better looking than pictures. I I thought the pictures were off. I know we've talked about that before. That you know, the back end just doesn't have the look I was hoping for on a flat tracker. But it wasn't so bad in person. Okay, it was definitely you know to the right scale of the bike. It didn't look so small and and off scale. Um, But the the feel of it being on it, it was, you know, it wasn't really much better than my 900 Scrambler. I know it's a bigger engine, has a little more power, but it's kind of that very natural, neutral position. The seat was a little more comfortable, right. you know, but for, what is that, six, $7,000 more than what I paid for my Scrambler is a hard bargain for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, there was other options. I looked at a few other bikes that were there, and I don't know that I would put it that much above them okay. for the two to $3,000 difference. A lot of hype on it, though, and this um, is the first year. It'd be exciting to go and uh, put our leg over and actually take it for a ride. And I will say this. Of all the bikes in that room, it stood out. Sure. Right? There's there's three or four bikes that really stood out at this show, and to me at least. I'm sure there's people that have their niche and what they love, right. and other bikes stood out to them. But that bike, walking in the room, look, scanning the room, that, amongst two other bikes, really caught my eye. A lot of attention then I in that, that area? A lot of people on the uh, big Indians. Really? A lot of people knew what it was. So uh, I guess we're going back a step, uh, step here. Okay, but okay, sorry. It was an auto show, right? Right. It was really cool to be in this room with a bunch of people that don't know anything about motorcycles. And that, that's a rough generalization. Okay. There were clearly motorcycle buffs in the sure, room. Sure, sure. But, but that was not the, the attraction, person right, typically. was like, what is this? 
oh, it's an Indian. How cool do I look on this giant Indian chopper? Right? Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. people didn't know what they were looking at or what was new. And so sure. it kind of gave me, looking back, I had my kids there, so I couldn't just hyper-focus like I will sometimes on a bike. Yeah, oh yeah. Because I had to pay attention to what my kids were pushing over and trying to wreck. Yeah, awesome. So I'm looking around <laughs> paying attention to the room a little bit, and it was really interesting how little attention there was on the FDR 1200. Really? I, I was all about it because I hadn't seen it. Put my leg over it. And I really there's been a lot it. of hype. If you look online, you get always there's some sort of an article that's talking about it. I couldn't believe, as I'm sitting on it, one guy came over and was like, oh, man, you look good on that. Or said something about, that's a good bike. You <laughs> put it in your garage. One guy. <laughs> right? Everyone else just walked by like, oh, just another, you know, neutral position, naked sport bike, street bike, yeah, whatever. yeah. There was not a lot of buzz on it and wow. from the non-motorcycle community. Okay. Which I don't think is a win. Yeah, I think that you want to draw. I mean, I mean well, the big thing yeah, in the I U.S., right, is getting new riders. And I don't think that's pulling new riders. It's pulling – that is definitely a market interruption from India. They are looking to pull riders from Triumph, pull riders from Harley, and get them onto that bike. They are not mm-hmm. looking to get any new riders on a bike like that. Now, it's 1,200, so that's probably okay by them. Right, it's not like it's a new starter 500 cc bike, but it was not causing buzz amongst the average population in that room. And you went during the peak traffic day to this event, Saturday afternoon. Yeah, yep. Um, however, one bike that pulled a crap ton of attention was the Yamaha Nikon. Beaverton Motorcycle brought our two wheel uh, beast. Okay, okay. Um, What'd you think, man? Yeah. I, I, we both talked about this off air a few times, and I, so, I don't know, but I don't know that we have time <laughs> for this conversation. But we'll get into it. Okay. Uh, so, a funny story on this: when I walk up, and all of Beaverton Motorcycles bikes have a clear cut "Don't sit on our bikes, ask for assistance." Okay. All over them, um, and of course, there's still people sitting on at least four or five people of the fifty. Yeah, there's more. There's probably twenty bikes in the room of those. You know, there's four or five people sitting on them. A quarter of the bikes have somebody's butt on them. Sure. And I know they didn't ask. So I went up to the guy, that, the one guy, and for their whole booth of, you know, 20 bikes. Mm-hmm. And, you know, said, hey, I see your sign. I see a bunch of people sitting on bikes. Is it cool to sit on bikes? And he said, none of them asked. Good. He, he was pissed. Okay. Already <laughs> pissed and on edge. And I say, well, I'm pretty familiar with bikes. I've ridden, you know, I ride. I'm comfortable picking up a bike and sitting on a bike and not letting it fall. Mm-hmm. Can, I, can I? And he was more than willing. Me asking, like, suddenly his mood changed. He's like, thanks so much for asking, being a respectable person. So my public announcement on this is, you know, if we're going to go do this stuff, ourselves included or anybody, if you want to go and try out a bike, don't be a dick. Just right. ask. Right. Talk to the dealer first. Don't just think you know what you're doing. Especially that Nike. And apparently it went down that morning. And right. that's where those signs came from. Well, then you asked, and the guy was like, oh, yeah, you even let your kids on it, right? Yeah. Isn't that what he you were was, telling he me was this like, morning? He was like, you can, throw the kids on, thank you for asking, have at you. Right? Well, I mean, this sounds like a great, I mean, at least he changed his attitude. He understood. You can see he was frustrated, probably because the Nikon had already gone down, and yep. they're, as we all know, they're all sold out or something like that. I mean, what was his name? Just out of curiosity, give I don't them remember. a shout-out. I don't okay. remember, but okay. we should give him a shout-out. He was, he was more than willing to help, and, you know, obviously he wanted me to come, if I have questions, he wanted me to come back. It was as easy as having a human conversation with this gentleman. Okay. And bam, the world of that room was open to me. Mm-hmm. So it's just an interesting comment that I wanted to start with because 
it was shocking to me how he started off so pissed off immediately. I'm like, oh, he's not going to let me sit on anything, and I'm either going to have to sneak it or or uh, just leave. At least it sounds like other people were reading the signs because you said yes. earlier this morning that people were walking by as you're sitting on the bikes and were yes. So then I get on the bike trying to chew you out. So I, I went over and sat on that Nike in, and uh, we'll talk about I guess what I my thoughts. But yeah, many people came by and were not necessarily chewing me out, but clearly making that face of oh can I can I sit on it? Asking me as if I owned that place, <laughs> and I said. I went and talked to the guy in the corner, right? If you want to sit on it, you got to ask him. It's not yeah. my bike. Yeah. And so I tried to, you know, if be you a good Samaritan good. and tell people to go talk to the guy before they yeah. break the rules. Yeah. Um, but he just was, gave it to me. I mean, yeah. <laughs> it was one of those that I was like, I can't believe these people have knocked this over. But I can't. You know, it's a tricycle, right? Of sorts. If it's a tricycle, then how did it fall over, right? So it's not. And... Uh, Super interesting. So I throw my leg over this bike. Okay. You know, push it up on its, you know, two wheels like oh. I would any other bike. Right, right. And then, you know, feels like a motorcycle, but so would any trike at that point at a full 90, right? Fully yeah. upright. Yeah. Then I just kind of play. Lean to one side, lean to the other, kind of play with the bike, play with the steering. Mm-hmm. I just kind of wanted to feel it. So did it balance you when it was vertical or no. did you still have to nope. balance the bike? Full balance. I had to do everything. Really? It did nothing more than my bike would So that's do. not going to do you any benefit, Turning. Okay. As I turned to one side, it wanted to fall over just like my bike would. Really? It changes the lean angle. Okay. It felt like a normal motorcycle. Sure. In every way. Like I, heavy. It was a little heavy. Mm. I think they're, I don't know the weight, so I'm not going to guess right now. I should have come in with that information, but it felt a little heavy, but... It felt like a bike. Well, it's got to be heavier. I gotta say, it looked terrible from the cockpit. The front end is giant. Really? It's just this big looming orb in front of you. It is (laughs) terrible looking. I was annoyed at how terrible it looked. What was the riding position? Does it lean forward just a little bit? It's no, it's pretty neutral. Okay. Uh, It felt like I was sitting on the Tracer GT. I did a demo ride for that this year. Sure. Felt, and I've read before that's based on the FJ09, which right. is now the yeah, Tracer GT sure. or the Tracer. It felt exactly like the Tracer GT. A little more lumbering on the lean and, and play with it when it's just sitting, you know, not moving. Right. But it felt just like that Tracer with regards to riding position, the comfort of the seat. It, it's a very comfortable bike. It's a very nice bike. But I'm sitting on this, and everybody's asking me, "What do you? How does it feel?" Right? All these other people that. <laughs> Okay. Didn't want to go ask to ride it or are not comfortable with bikes or what don't know jack about bikes and yeah, are just confused they, at what they'll they're looking at. They'll never be seen sitting on that bike yeah. like you were. Confused <laughs> about what they're looking at or asking me all these questions and sure. I'm trying to answer honestly for these guys and girls. Um, but in the end, after about 30 seconds of sitting on the bike, all I could think of was why? What is the point? It feels like a motorcycle. It leans like a motorcycle. It turns like a motorcycle. Why don't you just get a motorcycle? I mean, what are the what are the big selling it. points for that bike? Is so, it supposed to be additional front end traction? We talked to Dennis last week, and he gave us his uh, his magazine. Okay, he's got uh, a pretty good magazine that he, he threw our way, and it has an article on the Nike. And so I decided this morning that I would read that article. Okay, and apparently it is front end traction. Is it, it? This isn't a problem, is it? Apparently, there is a team. And Yamaha, that their whole goal is to increase front-end traction. If it's wet, if the road's uneven, if all these things, and you are coming in hot and braking hard in the front and or turning hard, 
front end washout is what they are concerned with. So the whole point of the bike is so that you've got double the traction in the front end. And according to the article, again, I don't know. I'm not on the design team. Right. I'm just going by what I've right. read right. and my feel of the bike it, right. yeah. okay. is that basically the only way they could get to whatever their goal was for a track, you know, our traction coefficient for your coefficient of friction on those front tires, the only way to meet that goal was double down on tires. It sounds like a very complex system for that. And so, because the two shocks, are they connected together as far as how they function? So as one, I mean, how does that work? I think they're completely, I think they're independent, but connected with regards to articulation. There's an articulating arm as you turn the oh, wheel okay. that will okay. sway the tires. And you guys can totally see what I'm doing, but I'm moving my arm yes, like I'm you, dancing. It's great. And uh, so there's an <laughs> arm that articulates based on your cornering. But I think the suspension itself is fully independent with each tire. Okay. So if the road's uneven or whatever, the tires can bounce independently or move independently of where they were. Um, so it, I can see that it probably meets their goal. But I, I agree with you, Brad, your comment of, is that a problem? <laughs> I, my problem of riding motorcycles is not that I'm worried about turning so extremely that my front end scrubs out. Yeah. Now... Maybe I'm not riding hard enough, but I'm on the street. I got no reason to push it that hard, right? And that's not really the track bike either. Yeah. That where the the time that maybe I'd want to push my bike that hard, I'd want a track bike. And that bike's a little too heavy and all the above to be a good track bike. But again, you know, I'm sure it's a little safer. And you're on those corners. If you hit a leaf patch, right, suddenly that if one tire does and one tire doesn't, you've got a 50-50 chance that you won't go down. As opposed to a hundred percent chance, I can see that there's some benefits of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. My only argument that I get for Yamaha is it's a fifteen thousand dollar bike, which isn't that much. The Tracer GT, which is the normal motorcycle equivalent of this bike, is an eleven to twelve thousand dollar bike, depending on your options. So you're only paying three grand more. They just subsidize them because they spend so much time That's developing this. I, I don't know. Awesome. They all sold out though. I mean, how many do they produce? It's a low-volume production, I'm sure. Okay. I, don't, I don't know. I've never seen these numbers. Okay. But to me, that's the only logical That's all I've heard, and I haven't actually seen is that. that there's, you know, they've only made a low-volume production, and therefore pre-orders sold them out. Okay. It's probably also refundable pre-orders, and that number may change once they are in people's hands. Okay. The people will get them and be like, you know what? I'll just get the Tracer for $3,000 less. Yeah. You know, I, I don't know. Um, but it just didn't feel that different. I don't I didn't get it. But it was a... Nice bike, good fit and finish, mm-hmm. very eye-catching. That was definitely the... Good uh, fit and finish, even. Pretty good fit and finish. Really? I mean, the, the Tracer GT is that way, too. The tra- okay. It's kind of... The Tracer 900 was their FJ09 attempt, and Yamaha this year decided to come out with this GT version, and that suddenly has you know nice hard bags, matching hard bags, matching whatever. It's basically your FC09, MT09, and... And uh, XSR900 that has a polished finish. Wait, wait, wait. So the question I have then is, it sounds like, I mean, we were just looking at XSR900s earlier, and I found this article, I should say, and I sent it to you, and it looks like the cost of that bike has increased. That was in, uh, that was a European article. There was a conversion factor on whatever, whatever currency that was looking at. Well, that was European. It's even more expensive over here. No, it's still 9.5. 
Is it? Yeah, ninety five hundred. I was gonna say if they're increasing the price of everything else, we I think don't it's ninety four ninety nine. If you want to know exactly, because I looked after you sent me that article. But it did look. As you did, thanks for correcting me. Yeah, you just no, left I, it alone. You said I yes. I'd publicly correct you here. <laughs> Shame you in front Thank of everyone. You. Appreciate yeah. that. Seem more fun. But uh, yeah, I, they did have the new version of that. Looks and feels exactly the same, but a better paint job. Oh yeah, I, I otherwise I completely agree. I did not like. The 2018 color scheme. But again, Personally. Is it worth $2,000 off to get a bad color scheme when for 600 bucks I can replace all of that? Yeah, or paint it myself or whatever the <laughs> That's case what I mean. is. Yeah, so I, I don't care. I'll get whatever one I can get a deal on. But uh, it was interesting. Okay. And it was a good looking bike. I jumped on it. Felt the same. Clearly there's been almost no changes. Did it get your heart pumping? Did you get excited? I mean, what did on you that feel? Bike, of all the bikes in that room, that was the one that I was like, I like this bike. But it's on your short list of bikes that it you want to get. So. And so I'm just curious, it actually reaffirmed your previous desires. I would like to get on, I was hoping they would have the Z900RS okay. Kawasaki. And I really, before I pull the trigger on anything, I kind of want to see the CV1000 coming out. And I sent you a little bit of that today. Right. I don't right. know if you had a chance to look at it, but Honda's got a Neo Retro, kind of what Yamaha did, right? A fully modern bike that just has a different tank. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, it is just a CB1000 with a cooler looking tank than your average Transformer bike of the day. Okay. Um, <laughs> but it, Honda looks like they did a pretty good job with it. I've heard mixed reviews that the fit and finish on it is kind of a terrible, it's an extreme example, but compared to the other ones out there, Honda didn't double coat the pipes, so within like a month, you end up with rust spots on your pipes. But this is all like prototypes that people have actually checked out. It's not actually in production, though, right? So it is. I think you can you can order it on their site. So this is this is their demo display bikes that they've had, you know, uh, magazines and different news. Uh, right, which are usually pretty representative, probably. Yeah. I, I mean, they want it to be if you're going to have people review it. They're the first it. run of production, basically. Right. They're now going out as promotional. Bikes. So who knows what's actually coming out? I mean, I'm just saying that some of these things, if people really complained about it, and it's not a high cost. It's the now. same pipes on their website. So I'm pretty sure, at least for year one, mm-hmm. it's going to be that way. So and what's the cost on that one in comparison to the other two I, bucks? I think it was eleven nine. So it's got a... Well, but how much is the Kawasaki? Kawasaki is, a, I think it's eleven new. Okay. And then the uh, XSR is nine five. So you're really, I mean, because you were looking at something that you, you were trying not to go over ten. Yeah. You may may not have stated that explicitly, but that's what I've perceived. So now you're wanting to look at the highest cost well, of the three. So I, I don't remember if we've talked about this before or not, but they uh, I did was able to find a used Kawasaki in 2018, mm-hmm. brand new but still used with a thousand miles on it, and they only want eight for that. Okay. Uh, as opposed to, you know, a used 2016 to 2018 XSR is 7. Right. But that one started at 9.5 and the Kawasaki started at 11, right? Okay. So the, the used market for these, these Z900s is much worse. Do they, the depreciation is pretty Yes, good. yes. But that's because they started higher, right? The fit and finish and all that little extra little stuff you get doesn't mean much in the used market. Right, but if you bought a used, you've already the depreciation has mostly yes. happened by yes. then. If you buy it a I don't see it depreciating at that rate any longer no. No. for the next five years or Correct. ten or whatever you choose to Correct. For. And the nice yeah. part the reason I liked that option is because the used market on those, Kawasaki put a premium exhaust from the start. Right. I'm not I mean I'm sure there's options, but there's no very clear cut winning, you know, factory options. For example, Yamaha has a partnership with Yoshimara. Yeah. And you can buy a Yamaha Yoshimura aftermarket pipe for your XSR 900. 
but it changes the tune, quote unquote, voids the warranty, all that stuff that putting an aftermarket tune and pipe will do. Yeah, you could argue that and probably still have your warranty perfect, but it changes the bike. Right, I mean, on this bike that you're wanting to get, I just we're kind of it. pulling off of our your auto show topic. I mean, you want something that you don't have to do a lot of mods to, but, I mean, I see some slacker moto touches coming of some sort that oh, you're going to do. Fit and finish will change. Yeah. 100%. Okay. Body okay. panels, uh, you know, racks for touring, different things for your usability of the bike will change and be custom 100%. But I'd like on this round to leave the engine factory Mm-hmm. Leave the you know leave everything factory with regards to engine and tune, barring some kind of emissions reason. Uh, I don't mind changing the tune and pipes and things like that if it's all for for an emissions standpoint. I don't know that I should publicly say that, but nonetheless, sometimes that that actually leans it out a little bit. You don't get quite as efficiently running. Mm-hmm. You know, for my day to day use, getting rid of a little bit of the emissions standards will actually give me better mileage and more reliable engine use on some bikes. Right. Right. Um, I don't think the Kawasaki or the XSR are really that way. They're both tuned pretty well to be rideable because mm-hmm. there's a separate California bike for oh. those. So, oh, really? Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's not terrible. Um, but that's kind of the intention there is to have a bike that functionality mechanically is what it is. And I can make it look like what I want it to look like. Sure. Because um, it's going to be the, you know, I'm obviously got to the point where I'm riding bikes for you know, as long as I physically can. And so keeping everything factory reliability-wise is probably worth it. That's where the tests have been done. That's where the studies have been made. That's what the bike was designed to do is reach a certain life threshold mm-hmm. um, at that reliability. Once you change that, you're playing a game. So that's the intention. But, yeah, all of those kind of allow you to do that. Okay. The XSR is very customizable. Um, the Cowie, not as much, but it also has a lot of the – it's already got bungee points got a rack attachment points like mm-hmm. it, it was made to be your classic 70s you know z900 z1000 yeah classic bike that was a do-all bike so that's how it was designed so it's actually pretty good that's the nice part about the cowie is you could ride it factory for as long as you wanted and not have to touch anything and you still can go on touring the seat's a little more comfortable it's got it's set up for that I don't think either of them do, no. I'm sure no, they're all... I was going to be surprised. I think the XSR is a lock nut. I don't know about the Cowie. If it's dual overhead cam and bucket or... or uh, yeah, and I don't know how it is. Job. I, I haven't read about it, to tell you the truth. So that's interesting. So what, what would you say, uh, going back to the auto show, I mean, what were the, let's say, three dealers? There was, well, I don't know how many you said there were. So three dealers that you'd say were... That impressed you as far as actually being customer service oriented, caring about you coming up and ch- talking to them, and you know actually coming prepared to impress. Well, one of the uh, dealers, the Paradise Harley, okay, was uh, was pretty good, and they I did not know this, but they are now also a uh, they're also a Royal Enfield dealer, um, and uh, it was interesting. They had the Himalayan, and I don't know. I had not. I'd seen articles on them. I know that in India they're being used heavily in the mountains and everywhere else. Okay. Uh, they've gotten great reviews, reliability reviews from the Indian police force. I know there's some extreme task force that has a team of so so many guys that have been out doing adventures to test these bikes as possible. You know, swap basically Indian swap bikes, whatever it is in India. Um, 
I've seen articles on that and reviews and videos that they've been doing that Royal Enfield's been promoting heavily with that. But I haven't seen it in the U.S. yet, but they brought one. And I will say that the Himalayan was a really cool bike. Really? Now, I realize on paper its top speed is almost nothing. Comparatively, it'll barely keep up on the freeway. Um, there's other little things that kind of throw that off to be a fully reliable touring everyday bike. But sitting on it, standing still in a room... It is a $5,500 bike, brand new factory floor, and it felt like a nine to $10,000 bike. Really? It was very comfortable. The upright seating position was good. The seat was okay. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not in that $12,000 bike range where you've got a plush seat, but it was sufficient. You could ride all day on it. You might be sore, but you wouldn't die. Okay. Um, it's important. It was it was really comfortable. I, I was surprised. A very good position. Very ergonomic. The dents in the tank were right where my knees wanted to sit. The pegs were right where my feet wanted to go. Okay. Uh, It had everything you need. Really nothing, you know, none of the extras. It didn't have all the fancy stuff that you'll get on these new bikes. But, you know, for $5,500, if all you wanted was a, you know, back road, taking the long way, and doing a lot of adventure and dual sport riding, it is a hell of a bike. I, I was really impressed with that bike. I sat on it for longer than I should have, really enjoyed the bike, um, sat talking to the gentleman from the Harley dealership that also sells them mm-hmm. about the bikes and what they know and how many they've gotten back for service, any issues they've had. Sounds like they've been really bulletproof, no issues. Guys are putting are now the ones that bought the early ones in the U.S., have ten to 16,000 miles, depending on the owner. There's a few guys that are really riding them. Okay. I was impressed. Um, so that was one. And the guy, so going back to your question, using this as a, you know, as an option to go back to your question here for what dealerships, the gentleman from, I should have got his card from Paradise, was really helpful. Um, he was talking to me a lot about that. Then we were going off. They've got a custom Harley they built. It's an off-road Harley called the Dirty Eight. Oh, yeah, yeah. You showed me um, pictures of It's a little 883 that they've totally scramblerized. Okay. It's, uh, it's a pretty nice bike, but. He wanted me to throw my kids on it. He was <laughs> totally promoting this custom, really cool bike. Sure. Um, but being really friendly with me, the kids, and helpful the whole time. Good. Um, he had all the answers. They had, you know, one of the nice new, uh, was it the FTR or FH, FHR? Anyway, the Harley uh, street <laughs> bike. I'm obviously not a Harley guy, um, but this was a pretty bike. They had their, you know, the new one where the, I know the ads are them going through the track and promoting a, a sport bike version of a Harley. Yeah. Um, really good looking bike. The fit and finish on that bike was phenomenal. Really? From any point in that room, that bike was the focal point. Really? So that was one of the bikes that drew your attention. It right? definitely, you, you walk in the door and that thing was just standing there. I mean, wow. and it wasn't wow. just me. This was whether you like bikes or not, everyone in that room looked at that bike and if they were comfortable with bikes, threw a leg over that bike. So in comparison and I to had the, the five Indian or six people MTR. asked me yeah. What it was like to sit on this bike. <laughs> the guys that you know that may not be comfortable and don't want to hold it up because it is a heavy bike. Sure. Everyone wanted to know about that bike. Wow. So yeah, compared to the FTR, it was amazing. The right, because so, that was another one that draw that drew your attention when you first yep. walked in, but there was not as many people interested no. in it, it sounds like. Well, wow. and I went to that one first, and maybe that's why I noticed so much at the FTR that nobody cared that I was sitting on probably one of the newest Indians, you know, anybody in here's ever seen. Right. <laughs> yet you know, nobody cared. Yeah, on that Harley, there's also a new Harley, but it just looked polished. Right. It's normal. I mean, the paint job was their, you know, their average black with red pinstriping. You know what it comes with. It's factory paint. Yeah, yeah. Um, I will say the riding position was 
aggressive, not terrible, but the, the air intake was right into my calf. I don't know that mm. I would enjoy that for a long distance. But again, it's kind of your go fast to the bar bike, right? I think that's yeah. the intention is to hit the back roads, keep up with your friends to a better part than a normal Harley. Yeah. You know, the peg clearance is higher so you can corner better. Um, I think it serves its purpose. I, okay. I don't know that I would spend Harley money on that bike. Is it going to bring in new, I mean, Harley's struggling to some think, extent. Is it going to be bringing in people? I think it, it'll it bring people to the dealership. I think the price tag, unless that's what you want is that bike, is a little shocking. But that's most Harleys. Yeah. But it'll get people in the doors, I think. Mm-hmm. More so, and I think it'll get new riders in the doors more so than your FTR will. For sure. Right? If you don't already own a bike and don't know that you, know, that you want the spec sheet of a bike, right? Because on mm-hmm. the spec sheet, the FTR is a great bike. And transversely, on the spec sheet of the Harley, although it's faster than most Harleys, it's not really an incredible bike. If you look at it, it's, <laughs> okay. for Harley, it's a fast bike and corner is really good. For an FTR, it still would get, you know, the floor, the FTR would wipe the floor with that bike. Yeah. You know, or mo- any other sport bike would just, it wouldn't even be funny. Fit and finish of the two. But comparison. fit and finish of that Harley, they, you know, the Indian, the point is it looked like a flat tracker. So you're supposed to yeah. see the frame, you're supposed to see the engine. Right. It all looked a little raw. And I like that. Yeah. Because yeah. I like that old classic racing look. But for the Harley, if you want, you know, if you're a Corvette guy, if you want a Ferrari, right? If you want this thing that looks beautiful, whether you're ever going to use it for what it's intended to or not, it's a status symbol. Mm-hmm. The Harley definitely had the the leg up. It looked right. even I like. I was like, I would park this in my driveway and never ride it just so the neighbors thought I was cool. Yeah, <laughs> it looked awesome. Of the pictures that you showed me, I mean, this one you had a pretty good chunk of photos. My, kids on it, my Superman kids in to it. Get on it so bad. <laughs> You know, yeah. the FTR, my kids didn't know why I was sitting on that thing. My <laughs> kids couldn't have cared less. Okay. But that thing, my kids wanted on so bad. Really? Because everybody, there was like a line for that bike. Yeah. Just to look Everybody else wants to get on. I got to get on, Dad. It was hard to get pictures. So many people were walking around and taking, you know, I had to throw my kids on just so I could get a picture of the bike. Yeah. Because at least then I can pretend I'm taking a picture of my kids. <laughs> but uh, it was uh, it was a nice bike. I got to give them that. That it good. looked really good. Okay. So Paradise uh, really impressed you. So Paradise did a great job. They brought the right bikes. And they had friendly people. Um, the Beamer, it just felt like going to a Beamer dealership. Because I clearly wasn't buying, they weren't spending a lot of time with me. I asked a couple of questions. He was moving on to people that looked like they were wearing Beamer shirts. Okay. Um, it, it just felt uh, pretentious for me. Okay, yeah. But I feel yeah. that way with Beamers anyway. I didn't spend a lot of time with Moto Corsa. I know that they're a great dealership. I've heard amazing reviews. Yeah. I'm just not looking for a Ducati in any near future moment. Sure. So I didn't spend time with them. Uh, the latest team was actually really nice. I sat and looked at the Triumphs. So does that make uh, your top three? Um, for dealership-wise, I will say the guy at Beaverton, once you gave him the respect he asked for, okay. was awesome. Uh, Paradise was probably the best, hands down. He didn't yeah. care who was there. He was trying to throw kids on everything. Awesome. He wanted to get new riders on bikes. That's awesome. It was really, he was there. That's the way it needed to be, it sounds like. I mean, he was to there me, at a car show excited, yeah. with non-riders trying to get everyone to throw a leg over a bike. Yeah. He was doing his job. Oh, and I've done sales stuff, and I know I'm talking about Safeway, just sampling produce. All I did is I didn't even try to sell the product. I just say try it. And, yep. then, and the product sold itself if it was yep. a good product. So that's he uh, He was doing an awesome job. So Paradise was definitely the number one dealer there okay. with regards to their their experience that they were creating at the car show. Um, 
Yeah, Latest was that whole Harley room between Paradise and Latest was doing a good job, but they were they weren't walking the floor as much. But if you went and talked to them, they were incredibly friendly. Sure. Clearly, their marketing team, so they were good at talking to people and mm-hmm. pushing the product. I don't know if they had as many tech specs as you would hope. If you and they didn't have the same Harleys guy. as Paradise. They didn't. I mean, again, I'm not really a Harley guy, so a lot of them looked similar. Yeah. They had you know some of the big cruisers. They had. Couple of sportsters, they had nice bikes, but it definitely that 104, you know, whatever the Harley designation is for that bike was the showstopper in that room, and that was from Paradise. So it's Paradise one, they brought the better bike, okay. And the Himalayan for me was a huge draw. I, a lot of people weren't fighting me to sit on that bike, so I don't think it was a draw for anyone that didn't know who it was or what it was because it was a suit, you know, a budget adventure bike, mm-hmm. has a very interesting look to it, it's not really. A universal bike um but i enjoyed that so for me paradise one hands down best dealer there um the aprilia guys were kind of sitting in their corner i think if you were a Gucci or an aprilia guy uh, they were watching very closely i think they saw the beaverton motorcycle bikes go down <laughs> and were definitely watching like a hawk everybody in their bike area really uh, that you could see their eye i mean you could feel it <laughs> it was burning wherever you watched <laughs> they were watching you okay it wasn't overly inviting this actually you could tell after the fact had roped off a couple of their nicer bikes. Oh, really? So you, even if you wanted to sit on it, you had to, you couldn't get through the ropes. I mean, you could just step over, but it was very clear you were yeah, yeah. getting too close. Um, so not only now do you touch it, guys knock things into it. Okay. were very open and walking the floor and very friendly. Okay. I just didn't have, you know, the, other than the FTR, which I wasn't really interested in buying in any way or getting more information. I knew my information on that. Yeah. I didn't have a lot to talk about with them. So... They were, uh, but they were friendly. There was a, a CCR, I think it was, CRC. Anyway, there's a the brake clean. A re, yeah, basically, <laughs> no, it's got to be CCR. <laughs> yeah, it's CCR, but they make a Honda like quad and side by sides. What? It's like an off brand quad and side by side company. Okay. And the kids loved it because they can jump on quads and jump and play and kick and whatever, and it's not right. going to go down. So right. the kids love jumping and climbing on quads. <laughs> but uh, they were being very friendly and walking around and making conversation and pulling people from the Beaverton Motorcycle, Hondas, Yamahas, Cowies. They were pulling people into their quad section. If people had okay. any interest or even looked, they were on it in a very friendly way. Not on yeah. a, you know, they're obviously not selling anything there. Yeah. So they were just trying to get people's attention. You just want to get people excited about your product. And advertise their product. Yeah. Um, they did a really good job. I was actually, my kids were playing on that, and I was looking at the Nike, and, and you know, he, he was, I noticed that he was drawing people in and getting them to sit on the bikes and pushing this, what I would generally consider a lesser product in that room, but doing <laughs> right. a good job of getting buzz about it. Yeah. Yeah. So they did a really good job. As yeah. a dealer, it wasn't anything I was interested in, yeah. but I, I noticed that they you didn't were trying. get in them. I didn't. The Correct. kids did. Okay. Kids, okay. It was sure. Lane's favorite yeah. bike. My, uh, my five year old loved it. He was all about the quad they had out front, a big matte black, you know, I think it was a 500cc quad. Okay. And he loved it. He wanted to take pictures of it on his own, and he was enjoying it. Did he actually get a picture of that? Yep. he took. That's one that he actually hit the <laughs> take picture button. He tried to take pictures of many things. That's one that actually came out. Um, that kid, kid cracks me up. Okay. But, uh, you know, it was, it was a good show. Okay. I, I was surprised going to a car show or the, you know, international auto show. I spent half my time in those three little rooms of bikes. That's awesome. I guess I shouldn't say surprise. That's definitely what I'm into. Yeah, yeah. But 
you but know, you're, you're a car guy too. I mean, we can't we guy. can't deny that. And I'm kids, a car guy, so I would have been excited about yeah. other things as well. But uh, that's it. Sounds like a good turnout. I've been them. before, yeah, and I've seen some bikes, but not nearly to the level that you've described. Well, that's what was really fun. Is there was you know oh they had the the Honda Cub was there and the Monkey. So my kids, you know, I threw them on that. That was the same okay. guy. Beaver didn't say throw your kids on some yeah, bikes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They were loving those because they could reach the pegs and the bars. Yeah, you know, so that that was fun. But it's a, it's cute little bike, super comfy. Yeah, for three thousand, I guess it's four grand. I think it's thirty nine hundred. Mm-hmm. But for four thousand dollars, if you were looking at a scooter, it's a good alternative. Okay, if you're looking brand new. But uh, you know, I, I was impressed to see you know five or six bikes. I guess we can we can look. But between the Himalayan. Really excited to see that and get a leg on it and really right. spend some time with it. That yeah. was really cool. Um, the FTR was good to see. It was kind of everything I expected it to be, so it yeah. wasn't really a showstopper. Okay. It was just one of those I'm like, oh, it looks better than I thought. It feels exactly like I thought, so right. move on. Uh, the Nikon <laughs> was really fun to play with just because I spent a lot of time on it just because it was so different. <laughs> yeah, I can understand. I can like understand I, that part. I would not buy one. I have no interest in that. But it was cool, and it, it's its own thing, and it drew a crowd. Yeah, I mean, I, I was, it was hard to even wiggle the bike and kind of get that balance feel because there were people like all over it. Mm-hmm. The the crowd was was pretty big around that bike because it was so different than everything else that you've ever seen. Yeah, so it was cool to see one and be on one and have that opportunity. Um, it's cool to see the monkey. My kids loved it, and it was cool to, to play with that bike. It's a good looking, cute little bike. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then I, you know, I was like seeing the XSR. Uh, you know, so there was there was a handful of bikes, new bikes that I had not had the opportunity to see, yeah. and would not have gotten the opportunity to see without visiting you know four different dealers across a hundred mile circle. You know, yeah, we, we're fortunate enough to live in an area where there's these dealerships. Where you know, where I've lived in the past, you had to travel hundreds of miles as opposed to being able to go to them. But yeah, I can agree. That's uh, that's awesome that they were all in the same location. Sounds like they're stepping it up and trying to get out there and get some guys on bikes or get excited about something other than maybe cars or whatever they may be dealing with right now. It was nice to, yeah, we lost the International Motorcycle, the Progressive Motorcycle Show, whatever the official name is, um, you know, a, a little while back and and it's nice to see that the dealerships are still bringing quality motorcycles, new motorcycles, exciting things for both new newcomers to the sport as well as those of us that know what we're looking at. Sure. Um, it's nice to have that because we don't really get a lot of shows. You know, in a couple of weeks we have the one motorcycle show, but that's all customs and very Northwest. Although, you know, the, the national praise that comes out of that now is, is pretty big. So now it's builders nationally are, are really competing. But yeah. it's very much a custom bike, right? You're not going to see any of these new bikes that you can just go purchase and customize yourself. Yeah. Um, so but it's, it's interesting cool. to see if there's going to be some offshoots of what are these people are working on or designing or modding that are going to actually come out in production for OEMs. Because I think that that can happen. It may yep. not happen frequently, but it can. I think a lot of these shows, especially the ones that get big praise, uh, you, get, you know, on multiple shows really are what what leads the the industry. I mean, you look at the the FTR is a flat tracker, and that's people have been making custom trackers and and flat trackers for years. And mm-hmm. Indian decided, hey, let's take that and make a production bike of it. Yeah, uh, it's interesting. The motorcycle industry works that way. I don't know that we meant to go on this offshoot, but <laughs> but uh, you know, you look at the car industry, the the automotive industry, and they'll they'll come up with these pie in the sky crazy. Uh, you know, concept cars that are an extreme version of anything we'll see in 10 years, let alone this year. 
Right. And, uh, you know, the motorcycle industry doesn't really do that. They'll make a couple things. The Nikens are a really good example where they'll do that and really try to push the limits. Right. Um, some of the safety components BMW plays with, but really they look at the custom scene and say, hey, what is everybody doing that we can imitate on a budget level as a production bike? Yeah. I mean, the Honda Fury, we've got a buddy who rides a Fury and yeah. it's basically just a cheap chopper. <laughs> I mean, you know, really ranked. He loves his bike. Nothing wrong with it. No, Crazy teardrop tank, but it's all, you know, mass produced parts that are yeah. assembled into this bike. Yeah. Um, so it's, you know, it's your ability to buy a custom chopper for $8,000, right? You can have a $20,000 bike with much less fit and finish, but cruise it all day. And your average guy down the street doesn't know the difference. He gets yeah. compliments left and right on that bike. Cause it looks like a custom built. Yeah. If you don't know bikes, you don't know that that's yeah, just... He's, add, he's added some custom. Tuckers. He's added some stuff. I'll but, give him that, yeah. But it's just, it's kind of cool, you know, that that the industry does that. They look at what those of us that care are doing, yeah. and whoever's doing the best at it, they then suddenly everybody's imitating it. Yeah, what's, what's drawing the attention? What's getting people excited? So I'm really excited to hear that they're trying to do this. I'm just really surprised that the uh, flat track bike did not draw the attention. I'm just really blown away because I would expect that to be doing something. And for me, the biggest deterrent is the cost. The cost is a big thing. If it was down quite a bit lower in price, then I'd be interested in it. But that goes to say, I, I could say that about a lot of bikes though. So. Well, that was what was surprising to me is even ignoring cost. It just wasn't drawing it. Right? Yeah. Well, yeah, there, there, nobody, I mean, I should say nobody knows, but you would assume in that population that there's going to be a lot of guys that aren't motorcycle people that would have been like, oh, this looks neat. This is cool. This is different. This looks different than everything else in this line. Yeah, but it wasn't the even scouts, drawn that. Scouts were, you couldn't, you had to wait in line to sit on a scout. Yeah. Yeah. That FTR sat there empty most of the time. Wow. You could throw your leg over it at any moment. I would have been wanting to get on my leg. I, I would. Right. I would have wanted to try it out. That's what I'm just because. By. Just because there's been so much hype over this bike coming out. I yeah. mean, I love the sky. I've taken it for a ride. I love it. But I, where's I, that I'll, hype? I'll it's in the there. industry, right? Yeah. Those of us that are paying attention see that. Yeah. And we're excited about it. But if you're not in the motorcycle world, then it's just another tube frame bike. So is Indian just doing a great job as far as getting this out, building up the hype? Is that part of it? Maybe. Or is the industry, like only certain sections of the industry, actually pushing this hype? Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, it's an interesting question. It was, it was interesting. That was probably my favorite part of going to the motorcycle section was I'm in a building. I'm in a large building full of car buffs or at least yeah. people that want to be car buffs or whatever. Right? <laughs> people that are there for the auto show. Yeah. And yet there's a lot of good bikes. So you get to see this reaction of people that are like, I've never sat on a bike. Yeah. Look at this cool thing. Look at that. And just walking by other things that I'm like, that's a sweet bike. Why is nobody looking at the Himalayan? Yeah. Does no one realize this is the first one that I've ever seen? Or, you know, <laughs> many, many people in this room have ever seen? Yeah, yeah. Right? You won't see this again. You will only find a handful of these on the road. You won't ever see this parked at the mall, right? Yeah. You'll see a thousand of those Ninja 300s <laughs> sitting at the mall, but you'll never see that Himalayan. You got to yeah. go off, you know, off the beaten path to find somebody riding this thing. Yeah. So it's uh, it's interesting. It was interesting. I liked that a lot. That interaction with people that didn't. So were you able to know see a lot of the demographics of and age groups and what they were kind of going for? Yes, I know. I so you said the three hundred. So did you see a lot? I'm assuming it was maybe a younger generation that was really interested in some of those smaller bikes like that that are a little bit sportier. Or a lot of younger dads pointing out that that was their first bike to their kids, things like that, kind of really? pushing it on to. I don't push them, but. It, 
reminiscing on their first bike kind yeah. of a thing on those little bikes. Uh, there wasn't a ton of those. Beaverton Motorcycle had a couple in the corner. Okay. So they weren't front and center by any means. Um, definitely like the the Cub, the Monkey, the Grom. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of the, even the XSR 900. And then as you went further, there was the FZ09, sure. FZ07. Some of those, you know, normal bikes that are more common in the in society. A lot of the younger crowd, uh, you know, the 20-somethings. and yeah. And that range were really, really all over those bikes, giving them a lot of attention. Everybody was on the Nikon. Um, <laughs> yeah. The Harley room was actually pretty well represented. Really, as far as the people that were in There was definitely an older generation. Yeah. A lot of, you know, 40-somethings. A lot of us, you know, middle-aged guys mm-hmm. hanging out in there. I'm um, not 40-something, by the way. That's fair, but close enough. Um <laughs> They, uh, you know, with their kids, and and that was pretty well distributed. Definitely the the room was full of people that were interested in bikes or just stopping in to look at that yeah. that nice one. Yeah. Right? It, it was interesting. Everybody went to that last room with all the mix of a million bikes that were hard to get on because it was comfortable. They weren't inviting you to get in trouble. Yeah. Right. You can look, but don't touch. And that's comfortable. If you don't want to touch, mm-hmm. you won't feel like you're, temp- you're, you're pressured to throw your leg over. The Harley room was definitely people that were interested in bikes, whether that be new riders or experienced riders. Well, it's a name that most people would be very familiar with. If you talk about a Harley Davidson, yeah. it's ingrained in U.S. culture enough that I think most people would know that you're talking about a motorcycle, at least. Right. That's fair. Right, and then potentially know a little bit more about it or be able to say a relative that has one or that something yeah. about them. Yeah, and then the, the BMW room was definitely an older demographic. Mm-hmm. Um, Ducati was a nice mix in that far corner. I didn't okay. spend much time there, but I saw people of all age groups. Yeah, yeah, I could a see A lot that of kids. I think it was kind of the younger couples. Huh? It was definitely uh, younger younger men and or couples Okay, in that corner. Trying to talk then, their spouses or yeah, future with, spouses with the into faster Ducatis, yeah. and then over by the Scramblers so was really a nice safe. mix. It's really safe, but yeah, the Scramblers and the Multistradas and the more you know average bike Ducatis were uh, you know were a pretty good mix. Mm-hmm. It was it was pretty well represented. I was surprised how many people were back in that corner, really, uh, with all the bikes because it was kind of a separate offshoot from right. There was a an electric car offshoot and the tech center offshoot of all the cool things that are coming out and then the motorcycle offshoot and there was enough people back there that it was pretty crowded most of the time so i've seen i've out. seen some interesting articles about how that dealership has been doing is that the dealership that we've read about the ducati yep. yeah motocorsa yeah motocorsa and how they've really taken it to the next level and they're yep. actually it's pretty awesome so that's that's interesting that they had a, a large gathering i mean they make it all about that just relationship, that communication, yep. and feeling welcome. So I'm not surprised. Yep. So they had a pretty good, pretty good mix there. Whereas the other half of that room was the BMW dealership, mm-hmm. and it was very clear. I, it just felt BMW. <laughs> I mean, I got on, asked a couple of generic, you know, just basic questions about reliability. What have you seen on these new bikes? Mm-hmm. How are people? What are the complaints? And he wanted nothing to do with that. <laughs> the guy there didn't want to talk real talk. He wanted to just sell a bike and show me the features. Yeah. So I wasn't impressed. Yeah. Well, Dennis was, would be right now kind of jumping down our throats for not. Sure. The bikes were nice. BMW. I'm the, just saying. The, the bikes were nice. This is not the bike I'm looking for. Sure. And I've been into the local BMW dealer, and it's 
it's okay, but it's definitely not one of those like, you know, they're not encouraging you to go jump on every bike and figure out what you like. Oh, and when I go to ProCal, it's like I'm on yes. one side, I'm at I'm at the Indian side, and then, and then, then I jump immediately on go everything. Yeah, yeah. You go to the Indian, they're like, we'll fire it up if you want to hear it. Yeah, yeah. Then you go to the other side, and it's all the Japanese bikes, and they will just. What do you want to look at? Right. You want to look at this? Oh, there's one just like it over here. You can go look at that. Cowie makes one similar. It's over here. Let's go look at that. Yeah. They're, you know, they're just trying to get you on whatever to get you excited. Right. right. And you go to the BMW dealership and they're like, do you know what you're looking for? Yeah. 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 No, I'm just browsing. Similar. Okay. Well, let me know. <laughs> you know. Well, yeah. Like, we can we can spot out a Beamer van and it, you are not one. Yeah. If you, if you, <laughs> you didn't come here with money, dude. <laughs> That's the feeling I always get. When I, and it felt I've seen you spending most time over there and over there. You're not really. You're just walking yeah. to the next section that you like. Yeah, but I'll I'll be friendly. If you have information, if you want, if you have a question to ask, otherwise I'm gonna sit at my desk. Yeah, we did. Sit, they had something. I can't remember what it was in the window, and we did spend a little bit of time there when we went to the yeah, Indian. The, uh, the R9T. They had the cafe. Yeah, yeah. It's it cool was bike. it was cool. It was they cool. Have cool bikes. Uh, the R9T is a bike I wish I would have put more effort into looking at when I bought my scrambler. Yeah, it might have been a better option. Really, I don't know. It's a lot more. It's a little more expensive, and I'm they weren't surprised. willing to wheel and deal at all. But it's a really cool bike. I do like that R nineteen. Yeah, yeah. It's a bad A bike, and it would have been a fun one to have. Sure. And I may not have been as bored. Right. It may. It's got a handful You've got more the horses bug now, man, and you're moving on. I got the bug. That's okay. Uh, Maintenance-wise, it wouldn't have been any better, if not worse. So, <laughs> okay. <laughs> and that's a big reason I'm moving on, is I'm ready for a little lower-cost maintenance. So. Oh, and you want to be able to spend that time wrenching on something that you love. Yeah, on a project. And you actually can spend the time and money on and not break the bank. But, yeah. All cool. in all, it was a good show. Kids good. had a great time between the auto show itself and the bikes. You know, like I said, we spent half our time on the bikes and the kids weren't bored. So I'd say dealerships were really generous, really cool to bring their bikes. I'm really excited to see that everybody brought some good stuff. I hope that's something that continues to happen because that, that was my favorite part. I've said it now five times, but <laughs> it's really cool to see. You know, I'm a big proponent of what everybody else that wants to be and or is in the motorcycle world. They want people to know about it and get excited about it and think that, hey, if I just wish I could get on a bike, it would be so cool. I want everybody to, you know, know what that feeling is. So yeah. going to some event like that that isn't motorcycle-centric, but allowing everybody to kind of throw a leg over and feel and get excited and have a real conversation with someone about whatever it is they want to talk about. Mm-hmm. If it's the paint, if it's the bolts, whatever it is, it doesn't matter. Have the, you know, whoever the salesman is, don't bring the guy that, because that's usually what happens at auto shows, right? They send the salesman with the lowest numbers because they're not going to lose anything at the dealership that day, mm-hmm. right? But at the, at, when the motorcycle's there, man, you got to get whoever your most talkative, friendliest, pay them salary, don't worry about commission for that day, and get somebody who's going to get people excited about motorcycles. Yeah, that's good. Because that's what I saw is a lot of people that didn't know the first thing other than that they have two wheels <laughs> yeah. looking and drooling over bikes. Like, that's really cool. What the hell is that? Right? These different things yeah. of where you're looking at everybody's reaction. I'm like, that's cool. This, of the 10 people looking at the Nike, and eight of them have never seen this before. <laughs> right? They don't know what they're looking at at all. They don't even know this is a Yamaha. So it was really exciting <laughs> yeah. that I'm like, I know exactly what I'm looking at, and I want to see it still. Yeah. But it's really cool to see people that have no interest prior to walking in that room get excited. Yeah. And that's what's going to bring the motorcycle industry back is getting people excited Sharing that joy that we have, yes. you know, with bikes. So it was cool. And I hope next year we continue to bring really good bikes and we can, we get, you know, maybe one up. There was a couple dealerships that really were good. 
Otherwise, a lot of people sitting behind a desk, and I realize there's not a lot to do because there's 50 people in that room looking at your bikes, at your 20 bikes. Mm -hmm. But get out there, mingle, have fun. You know, Paradise can maybe teach something to everybody else because he was out there having fun chatting with everybody. And it was very inviting. I spent more time in there on bikes than I'm not interested in a Harley. (laughs) I have no interest in that. But my kids were having fun. But the environment was awesome. The guy was hanging out. The kids were happy. It was easy. So I spent probably a good half of the time in the motorcycle thing looking at that Himalayan, looking at that Harley, and just chatting because my kids were free to have some fun. Sure. And enjoy it and get on bikes. And he was not show, you know, he didn't give that death glare that some of the other guys did when I threw a kid on yeah. on the bikes, you know. So it was, it was cool. It allowed that bug to be started. So I, I hope next year it's just as good, if not better. Yeah. Well, I appreciate you going and representing the podcast. That's it was awesome. good. We'll, we'll have to get you out there next year. Yeah. It'll uh, it'll be more fun with the two of us. Hopefully, we can both get out to the one show mm-hmm. that's coming up the uh, what is it the seventh through the tenth I think seventh through the tenth. It's that second weekend in February. Okay. Um, I don't think that'll matter by the time we actually get anything released, but <laughs> but uh, it happens every year about the same time. But it's a, it's a good show, so hopefully we can chat a little bit more about that. This one seems relevant, so maybe we need to get it out. Sounds great. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, have a good night, man. Yep. See you.